0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Map Limited first half for year 2022 results briefing. My name is Laura, and I'll be your operator today. At this time, call participants are in listen mode. Following opening remarks from presenters, there will be an opportunity for a question and answer session. If you wish to register a question, please press star followed by one on your phone. And if you wish to cancel your registration, you may remove yourself from the queue by pressing star 2. If assistance is required at any time, please press the star followed by zero on your phone and wait for a conference call coordinator. Please also note that this call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the call over to Dr Warp Newman, Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director of Neomac Method. Dr Newman, please go ahead.
1: Thank
2: you, operator, and uh, good morning, and welcome to the Nearmap first half FY22 results conference call. I have with me Andy Watt, our Chief Growth and Operations Officer, and joining us now Penny Diamond you, who's recently been uh, recently been appointed as our Chief Financial Officer. I will begin by speaking to our first half results, then pass to Andy to delve deeper on the numbers, before I then outline the outlook and priorities. And take any questions from the participants on the call. NearMap has delivered yet another exceptional result. In the first half of FY22, our company delivered record incremental annual contract value growth, our ACV. This is both at the group level and from our North American portfolio. We're no longer talking about validation of our vertical go to market strategy in North America. This strategy is now well and truly embedded into our organization. To be delivering 62% ACV growth from our core North American verticals of roofing, insurance, and government on the prior corresponding period is exceptional and a testament to how well this strategy is working. Last year, I spoke of the strong operating leverage we have in our business, and this result continues to reflect that leverage. Our key metrics uh, are at levels that any software business would be envious of. Whether it's record levels of incremental ACV growth, average revenue per subscription or access to premium content, our key indicators are nothing short of outstanding and particularly in North America. We are consistently winning new customers and upselling existing customers because our content is not only best in class, it is more reliable than anything our competitors can offer. This provides our customers with the certainty that they need to grow their businesses. We've maintained a very strong balance sheet, closing the first half of FY22 with $110 million of cash in the bank and no debt. Excluding the $3.6 million of litigation expense, nearmap has consumed only $9 million of cash in the first half. This was during a period where we increased our investment in support of our leading research and development initiatives. This ensures we continue to maintain our market leadership position and deliver new and valuable content for our customers, further embedding our content into their workflows. In North America, we generated positive cash flow for the first time as a major milestone. And in addition to our profitable and cash-generative ANZ business, this puts our company in an incredibly strong cash position. We will continue to manage our cash balance in this selective and disciplined way. Looking beyond the strength of our ACV and cash position, in the first half of FY22, our business achieved a number of significant milestones, and there are three in particular I would like to call out today. Firstly, we have moved successfully, uh, from successfully completing the design of our next-generation world-leading aerial camera system, HyperCamera 3, to the testing phase, which took place during the half. During this phase, we've been optimising the camera system and its different component parts at varying altitudes and in varying conditions so that the camera system can deliver the maximum efficiency possible. The outstanding work from our leading team of camera system engineers means that we're now well underway in the process of commercially manufacturing uh, custom components, which is a significant milestone in the process of incorporating Hypercamera 3 into our capture program, but more on that later. Also in the first half, Nearmap AI delivered significant enterprise ACV growth, both from new customers as well as upsell to existing customers. The fact that very large enterprise customers in North America, particularly in the insurance industry, are signing enterprise contracts and subscribing to Nearmap AI is a validation of the investment that we have made into this industry-leading content. We have continued to invest in Nearmap AI, And as uh, we've outlined before, we now have hundreds of attributes available. Product development of NearMap AI has now shifted and is no longer about the number of attributes we can identify. That race has been run. It's now about investing in the systems and processes to be able to uh, to embed NearMap AI into our customers' workflows. NearMap AI represents an enormous opportunity to grow our North American portfolio, especially within the, within the core insurance and government verticals. It's also about increasing our capabilities in change detection and post-catastrophe. Gen 5 is the next iteration of Neomap AI and something I believe will help continue to drive our strong ACV growth. Finally, and without suing too much of Andy's thunder on the numbers, Nearmap delivered 76% PCP growth in the roofing vertical with most of that growth achieved in the last six months. Roofing ACV now comprises more than 10% of our North American portfolio. And when you consider this does not include ACV generated by our insurance insurance roof geometry partner, we have experienced phenomenal growth since integrating this industry-leading technology into our business. Our strategy of partnering with market leaders in roofing and insurance solutions leaves us well positioned to drive further acceleration of ACV growth, particularly from roofing. Before I hand over to Andy to take you through the financial highlights, I want to make some brief comments about the litigation in the Utah District Court. As outlined in today's results, we continue to believe the allegations made against us are fundamentally without merit. The litigation continues to have no operational impact on our business, as demonstrated by the 57% ACV growth in North America that we reported today. We We will continue to vigorously defend against these litigations and believe this is purely motivated by the commercial success that we are experiencing in North America. Although the litigation is unrelated to the vast majority of the content that we deliver directly into our customers' workflows, via an API or application programming interface, we will continue to defend our company and our shareholders against these meritless allegations. Uh, With that, I'll hand over to Andy to dive deeper,
3: (laughs) deeper into the numbers. Andy, over to you. Thanks, Rob, and good morning, everyone. As Rob has already mentioned, the first half of FY22 has yet again seen strong performance across the financial metrics we benchmark our business against and demonstrates the increasing operating leverage within our unique subscription business model. Our vertical strategy in North America is now firmly embedded into our organization, and I'm extremely satisfied with the strong and improving growth that we're now delivering across our North American portfolio. I'm also pleased to see an improvement in our incremental ACV growth in Australia and New Zealand, despite a period where many of us on the East Coast of Australia and in New Zealand were confined to our own neighborhoods the resilience of our business model, the ability to provide certainty in uncertain times, the reliability of our content. These are all the reasons I'm standing here today delivering yet another set of financial uh, record results. We've come through the first half of FY22 in a very healthy position, and I'll now talk to this in further detail. I'll begin with an overview of our key operating and financial metrics as shown in slide five of the accompanying investor presentation. Our primary metric, ACV, grew to $147.7 million, as reported, and our constant currency basis grew by 28% to $143.3 million. This represents record incremental growth in the half of $16.5 million in constant currency, driven by that record performance in North America. As you've heard me talk about previously, the metrics that define the quality of our incremental ACV and the operating leverage that's within our business are just as important as the ACV itself. I would again point you to slide five, which clearly demonstrates the benefits of increased scale in our business. We've consistently said that targeting underlying retention greater than 90% is our goal. In the first half of FY22, this was 94%. And retention rates at this level demonstrate the success that we're having in not only retaining our growing customer base through the continuing improvements in our product and customer success offerings, but also the positive impact of delivering deeper vertical solutions that embed our content more deeply into customer workflows. By now, most of you will be familiar with our sales team contribution ratio. This is the key metric we use to evaluate the productivity and efficiency of our sales and marketing team. It provides a guiding light as to not only the efficiency of the team, but also when to adjust investment into sales and marketing efforts. With the record performance we experienced in North America, we delivered a 97% contribution ratio for the group in the first half of FY22. For the third consecutive half-year period, the contribution ratio exceeded 100% in North America, delivered once again at a time when we've been investing into our sales and marketing efforts. This really demonstrates the strong operating leverage within our business, the returns we can generate from our content, and the future growth opportunities that we can generate from our growing portfolio. The final ratio to call out from slide five is the pre capitalisation gross margin, which as a reminder, reflects the efficiency of the capture program relative to the size of the revenue base. As you will note, there's been a reduction from 77% to 73% on the prior corresponding period. Again, as a reminder, in the first half of FY21, we optimized the cost base of our capture program through a combination of scale efficiencies and a targeted coverage plan as part of COVID-19 cash management initiatives. In the first half of FY22, we announced an expansion of our coverage to 80% of the population in the United States. And it's this step up in coverage, driven by customer demand, that accounts for the change in gross margin. As also outlined on slide five, and something Rob touched on earlier, during a period of investment in the business, we've maintained our balance sheet strength and disciplined cash flow management. In the first half of FY22, we consumed only $9 million of cash, excluding costs related to the litigation in the Utah District Court. This cash investment was largely in support of our R&D initiatives. We're in an extremely healthy financial position with $110 million of cash on the balance sheet and no debt. Our balance sheet strength will allow us to continue deploying capital into our FY22 growth initiatives in a disciplined manner and I'll let Rob talk to those initiatives in more detail shortly. Before delving more deeply into our business performance, I'd like to call out one financial milestone as shown in slide six. Premium content uptake continues to grow, and we now have 70% of our ACV portfolio tied to customers who are accessing our premium content. That's more than $100 million of our portfolio who are accessing wide-scale 3D, oblique, AI, and roof geometry content that our competitors, particularly here in Australia, do not offer. We'll continue to help our customers understand the value that this content delivers, and our ambitious goal is to eventually have our entire portfolio accessing our premium content types. Moving to cash flow on slide nine, the trend that you see on the chart is significant. Record ACV performance and growing operating leverage so North America deliver positive cash flow for the first time since our expansion into the region. A positive contribution of $7.2 million for the half and $28.9 million from the ANZ business delivered total segment cash flow surplus of $36 million. We maintain a heavy focus on cash discipline and driving growth and improving cash returns from each of our operating segments as we continue to scale our business using the substantial capital resources that we have at our disposal following the September 2020 capital raise. Strong business performance translates to strong statutory results as shown in slide 10. For ease of comparison, I'll talk to constant currency in this uh, this section, except for the litigation where there is no PCP. Revenue growth of 24% was delivered by that record expansion of the North American portfolio we've talked to. As we're in a period of investment to build out and support our North American strategy, operating expense growth of 29% on the PCP reflects the step up in those investments. There's been a 45% increase in headcount across all functional areas in support of this strategy, which will further enable us to build out our scale and increase operating leverage. As Rob called out earlier, we incurred a litigation expense of $3.6 million and a half, which directly contributed to a reduction in EBITDA from $30.5 million in 18021, to $10.9 million in 1H22. This also impacted EBIT with losses increasing from $9.4 million in the first half of 21 to $13.3 million. And also NPAT, which went for a loss of $9.4 million in the first half of 21 to $11.9 million in the half just closed. I'll now move to our segments beginning on slide 14. The main driver of growth was the repeated record performance in North America. We saw incremental ACV grow by 10.6 million US dollars in the half. This compares to 6.3 million dollars in 1H21 and 2.3 million dollars in 1H20, a material step change in growth. That growth has been driven by our core verticals: insurance, government, and roofing, which delivered a combined 62% ACV growth on the PCP, driving overall North American portfolio growth 57% higher. These three verticals now make up 71% of our North American portfolio, with insurance alone at almost 40%. Our growth through these verticals means that there is a robustness and defensibility that was previously not as evident. Our key efficiency and retention metrics are also in excellent health in North America. 12-month retention rates above 95% and a sales team contribution ratio of 114% are metrics which clearly indicate how well we are executing our strategy. We've also seen another significant step up in average revenue for subscription, with growth of 29%, demonstrating the increasing value that very large into the average contract size we sign has a subscription value of more than 22,000 US dollars, or 30,000 Australian dollars. The ANZ business, per slide 15, further enhanced its market leadership position with a step up in incremental portfolio growth of $2.8 million in the half, representing 8% growth on the prior period. Pleasingly, this was the highest incremental ACB growth since the second half of FY20. New business of $3.2 million demonstrates continued penetration of the ANZ market and represents 39% PCP growth. SME and mid-market segments also continue to perform well, with an encouraging improvement in enterprise. An SDCR of 55% and retention of 93% demonstrating improved half-on-half performance and will continue to optimize our sales and marketing efforts to increase further growth opportunities in the ANZ region. In closing, 1H22 has seen yet another strong performance across the metrics we benchmark our business against, reflecting the strength of our underlying business model and the rapid scaling and operating leverage within the North American business. We're delivering on our growth aspirations, we're delivering returns on our investments, and we're executing our successful go-to-market strategy. Neomap has had an outstanding half-year performance, and the momentum in our business leaves us in an incredibly strong operational and financial position. But before I hand back to Rob to discuss what this means for the remainder of FY22, alongside me is our recently appointed Chief Financial Officer, Penny Diamantecu, Penny joins Nearmat with a background of extensive leadership experience working at high growth digital and technology led businesses. Penny and I are already working very closely together to ensure a seamless transition of the group finance function and you'll see and hear from Penny in the investor engagements over the coming days. Rob, back to you.
2: Thanks Andy and uh, I
3: also uh, would like to reiterate uh,
2: Andy's remarks in regard to uh, Penny. I'm really excited to have Penny on board. And i uh, looking forward to working closely with you as we grow our company over the coming years. Now, on to our priorities and outlook, which is on slide 20. We will continue executing on our successful go-to-market strategy in North America, adding industry specialists and targeted marketing programs into our core growth verticals. We now have the operational systems and data in place to support that go-to-market strategy. It's about using those systems to our advantage. Capitalizing on our improved performance in Australia and New Zealand is also important and will target further adoption of our premium content types in this region. All of this will drive increased operating leverage in our business and drive return on investment uh, from our unique product and content types. From a technology perspective, we're focusing on completing HyperCamera 3 prototype testing and the initial HyperCamera 3 manufacturing in the fourth quarter of this financial year. As we've said before, given the scale of the opportunity in North America, initial deployment of these systems will be focused on that significant opportunity in that region. This can enable us to both improve our capture efficiency as well as open up new use cases which require higher resolution content types by flying at altitudes that are currently flown by hypercamera 2. I am extremely proud of our team for their amazing achievements today, enabling us to extend our already industry-leading technology position. Our other priority remains focused on, our, uh, uh, sorry, focused on our technology leadership, and that is in Nearmap AI. We continue the development of customized Nearmap AI packs and tailored industry solutions for our core government and insurance industry verticals, where we've seen the strongest interest and adoption of those premium content types. We're also anticipating beta release of our first government industry-tailored solution, delivering on our commitment to go further up the value chain and offer not just content, but solutions to our customers. We will do this in this half. We will continue the enhancement of our industry-leading roof geometry content to capitalise on the phenomenal growth we're experiencing with that product. Now to our guidance. I'm pleased to provide an update to the guidance range that was set at the time of last year's Annual General Meeting, or AGM. Our group ACV portfolio is now expected to close FY22 at the upper end of the $150 million to $160 million guidance range that we set at the AGM based on constant currency. This is a significant increase from $128.2 million in FY21, and it's been driven by the record growth that we've experienced in North America in the first half. We expect to consume up to $30 million of proceeds generated by the capital raise. which will uh, will continue to be deployed into the FY22 growth initiatives I've just outlined. We've always said we will be consuming cash through FY22 and FY23 with a turn towards cash generation in FY24. Cash consumption in any period depends on the growth in that period as we've demonstrated today and we will continue to have success in growing our portfolio and therefore maintaining a very strong cash position. To be clear, we have the cash resources to continue the growth path we're on. We'll continue to target 20 to 40% ACV growth in the medium to long term and underlying retention at greater than 90%. Evaluation of geographic expansion will continue, but for now, our focus remains uh, on accelerating growth from our North American market and extending our market leadership position in Australia and New Zealand. The market opportunity in North America remains significant for our content. In closing, Nearmap has had an exceptional half of growth, delivered by a passionate and committed team of people who continue to inspire uh, me and our whole executive team every day. We are well positioned to capitalise on the momentum in our business, and our investment and innovation will ensure we are an increasingly valuable partner to our customers. I am confident in our growth outlook given the significant opportunity in front of us. With that, I'll now hand back to the operator for any questions. Thank you, operator.
0: Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to register a question, please press star followed by one on your phone. And if you wish to cancel your registration, you may remove yourself from the queue by pressing the star too. Our first question today comes from... Gary Sharif at RBC. Your line is open. Please go ahead.
4: Yeah, hi, Rob, Andy and Penny. Um, a few questions. Firstly, just on uh, the roofing uh, improvement that you saw in North America, did you state that it was now 10% of the North American portfolio or the group portfolio from an ACB perspective?
3: Hey Gary, yeah, thanks for your question there. Yes, 10% of the North American portfolio. Um, so again, strong growth in the half period, really validating the investment we made into our roof geometry product and pleasing to see our partners continue to grow um, as our business grows.
4: Got you. And, and I guess the follow-on question from that is the Eagle View litigation um, is solely in relation to the roofing part of, of your business. So it is... Is that, I guess, I know, you, sorry, let, let me take a step back. That's growing really, really well in North America. The litigation is all around, with roofing geometry. geometry. Um, is there some concern, I guess, that it's growing at such a, a solid clip that that might now make you a little bit more exposed, I it's now a, a material part of your business if people um, be able be successful?
2: Uh, thanks Gary. Look, i I think the, uh, the indication is actually the other way around. The fact that we grew in the second half after the litigation, uh, was filed indicates that our customers, which are really partners of ours and then their customers see incredible value in the technology that we provide and that it's highly differentiated from, uh, from the solution that Eagleview provides. To be very clear, and I think we made this clear, um, a couple of weeks ago, to be very clear, the litigation against NIMAP is not Against the roof geometry content type, which we provide to our partners, uh, who then produce uh, roof reports for the insurance and roofing industry. So, again, as I said in the um, in the commentary, we believe that motivation that uh, litigation is meritless, and it's really um, EagleView's only tactic to try and slow us down in market. But you don't get growth like that in North America without um, us having a superior product and a product that is well clear of, uh, of any technology or IP they might have.
4: No trouble. Um, Hyper Camera 3 system um, sounds like it's all on track. Just wanted to clarify are there any risks of supply chain issues for componentry that, um, that you're working on for those new camera systems? Um, and was that Q4? Uh, I think it was manufacturing you referred to. Was that, sorry, Q4 financial yep. year or Q4 calendar year? Uh,
2: yeah, no, thanks, Gary. Good, uh, good question. So, first of all, um, to clarify, yes. Q4 fiscal, so that is in the um, uh, June uh, quarter that we will be manufacturing um, the first of those systems. Uh, And yes, to the kind of other part of your question, which is supply chain issues, um, look, we had expected to build all seven um, of our first systems by uh, June 30th, but uh, we'll probably not achieve that full number by June 30th due to supply chain issues. So we've had manufacturing facilities shut down shut down due to COVID cases in them, uh, and obviously the electronic component parts um, uh, are harder to get. Now, having said that, all parts are ordered, uh, all parts are uh, coming to us but there is, uh, there is some delay in building up all seven systems. So confident to have the first systems operational before June 30th, but not all seven by June 30th. Got you.
4: That makes sense. And so how many... So no longer seven are we thinking, what, four or five? How how many do you think by the end of June? Oh,
2: no, look, we're probably, we're probably talking the first couple, um, operational by June 30th, and then the rest to roll out over the next couple of months after that. So, look, it, it doesn't have a material impact... Um, you, know, you know, as you know, uh, Gary, the majority of our capture program in North America hits in the spring period. Um, so we'll be able to achieve our objectives for the first half of FY23 with the HC2s we already have, plus the smaller number of HC3s. And then, uh, as we hit the spring period, um, very confident we'll have all all seven systems operating.
4: Thank you. Last question on the premium content you you mentioned that it looks remarkable the penetration you've had just want to clarify when you say that 103 mil of, of acvs from customers using premium content is it sorry is it using premium content or they simply have access to it they're not actually using it i just wanted to get that clear differentiation
2: yeah they will when we say have access to it they um, almost all those customers on Actually, all those customers will also use it. They may be using imagery and AI, or imagery and 3D, or so on. And there are customers that are just using premium content without using imagery. So um, the distinction is, if you're part of the, um, you know, if you're part of the set that doesn't have access to premium content, you're only using imagery. But uh, yeah, they have access to it, and uh, by and large, they will be uh, be
1: using that premium content. Very good. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks, Gary.
0: Thank you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, please press star one to ask question. We'll now move on to our next question. Today it comes from Shiraj Ahmed. The line is open. Please go ahead.
1: Thank you. Um, the first question is just on the cash burn. Um, you're, you're guiding. You're retreating guidance of 30 million uh cash burn in full year 22. it does look like first half cash burn is lower so can you just talk us through the step up in the second half and how we should think through that
3: yeah hi sir uh, good morning to you um yeah so look, we're very pleased with the 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 cash position uh that we have in our balance sheet obviously uh from the, the capital raise through to here we've got a very specific and deliberate investment plan in place investing in growth initiatives in our business and our discipline approach to cash management and driving returns, you can see through the the, the cash uh, position of our business through the first half. So $9 of cash consumed on normal business operations in that first half, Um, that's very much aligned to the plan that we set um, back back when we raised the the funds back in September 2020. Um, You can see through the, the cost base that we have stepped investment across certain areas, and obviously there's going to be a, a run through of some of those costs through to the second half of the business, but, but very much on track to deliver against the, the, the plan that we set. And that $30 million um, cash burn for the half, excluding litigation fees, um, is something that we feel very confident that we'll be delivering to. And of course we're helped by our ACB performance, which continues to, to grow um, at record rates, and that's obviously helping our position there. So the plan very much being delivered to um, and uh, our disciplined approach to the cash management showing itself in the balance sheet.
1: Um, Andy, sorry, just, just to dive into that. So, uh, I mean, uh, it does imply that your cash fund is going to sort of double in the second half, right? I mean, I get, um, I guess that the two new camera 3s would be a factor, but anything else? Is it just um, the hires that you made in the first half, or should we assume there's a bit of credit?
3: Yeah, yeah no, it's a combination of those factors. As Rob said, uh, you know, the, the, the second half of our financial year is the, the biggest capture period for us out of North America, that spring capture. So, there's a, a slight increase in the capture costs. There's the hyper three investments that we're we're continuing to make. Um and then there's the run through of costs that we've we've seen through the, the hiring and some of the investment initiatives through the, the last twelve month period that then that then runs through. So um all very much, as I said, on, on track and on plan.
1: Got it. And and the legal cause, um the four and a half million cash in the first half, is that uh, how should we think about the cash burn from that, or the cash cost from that
3: forward? Yeah, and look, like it's, 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 given that the legal case is still, you know, um, going through the process currently, it's difficult to be an absolute number on what that will look like over time. So, yeah, four million of cash uh, in that first half. Um, we continue to, you know, um, manage that process, and we're, we're, we're well capitalized to manage the the legal process through to its conclusion. So, um, it's difficult to be specific. It just depends on the pace that the the legal case um, takes, and obviously we'll, we'll know more about that as as, the, as time progresses.
1: Got it. Um, last question for me, uh, just regarding, um, you know, your guidance for ACV um, and the strong performance in the first half, any reason why we should think the incremental ACV in the second half will be lower than the first half? Is there any seasonality or anything that we should think about? Uh, thanks, Saraj. Yeah, Rob here. Look, I think, um,
2: uh, as you know, and you're seeing it actually in our results, um, you know, we're we're, we're closing significant enterprise deals is a significant size and a significant number of them now. So whether it's the average revenue per subscription in in North America, um, the increasing percentage of uh, our top 10 customers as part of the overall portfolio, um, you know, large enterprise deals um, uh, are an important part of our overall ACB growth. So I think it's important to recognise that, you know, Timing on a large deal can impact a, a, can impact a half. So we're very confident that, um, yes, we'll be in the upper end of that guidance range, but also just need to be cognizant that a large deal, timing on large deals can impact exactly, um, you know, whether they
5: land in FY22 or FY23.
1: Rob, just just following just one follow-up on that. I mean, the fact that you've expanded the CAPTCHA program in, in the U.S., I mean, it's, it is towards the latter part of the first half, I, I I think so. The benefit from that is that in your first half ACV number, like have clients upgraded on the back of that, or is that yet to be seen? Not no. So not really.
2: No, not really. I think the the most of the drive for the upsell has been through the premium content. Um, so new map AI has has been a significant contributor to. Um, uh, upsell during the the first half and actually bringing some new customers to new Map, um as was the uh, uh, impact response or post-catastrophe product as well. So, you know, premium content and our new solutions are really driving growth. Um... Increased coverage, you know, once once we have a customer and they go, great, you know, going from 60% to 70% for 3D coverage or 70% to 80% for 2D coverage, you know, those things do drive some in- incremental demand, but really um, it's the premium content that's the most significant contributor to growth. Yeah, uh, thanks, Rob.
1: Thanks, Andy.
0: Yeah, thanks, Arash. Thank you once again. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star one. We'll pause for just a moment. For further questions, there you go. We'll now take our next question. Today comes from John Campbell of Jefferies. Your line is open. Please go ahead.
1: Thanks
5: for that. Um, thanks, Rob and Andy, for taking questions. Um, just a couple quick ones, I put, and, and excuse me if you've sort of answered some of these. But um, firstly, just, just on the uh, 18% growth in average revenue per subscription, is this um, largely due to larger customer wins in 1H22, in or greater usage of premium content, or both? Uh, yeah, hi, John. Uh, good, um, yeah, look, good question.
2: And the short answer to your question is both. So, um, you know, the adoption of premium content uh, has been a significant contributor to upsell. Um, I think we've talked in the past that um, often with our insurance customers, if they've already got access to imagery, it's often a kind of 100% upsell if they, uh, or thereabouts, approximately, um, if they have access or get access to NearMap AI as well. So that can be a significant contributor to average revenue per subscription. But also, quite frankly, we brought some new customers to Nearmap that, um, you know, significant enterprise customers to Nearmap that were not previously customers in Nearmap. So um, that also has helped uh, the average revenue per subscription move up uh, materially. So, um, you know, and I I think you can kind of see in our business the types of customers we're going after. uh, We should see average revenue per per subscription remain a a strong metric for us.
5: Yes, so theoretically, um, you know, more enterprise customers going forward, More premium content adoption, although it sounds like that's getting to pretty good levels now. But theoretically, you'd expect um, average revenue per subscription to continue to grow going forward at the group level.
2: Uh, Yeah, look at the group level, and particularly also in North America, we can see pretty clear paths to that increasing. And then, as Andy mentioned in his remarks, um, based on what we're doing, uh, you know, some of the changes we're making and bring helping introduce premium content here in Australia. Um, we should see that also trend up over time. Might take a little longer to kind of go have the same growth rate as North America, but um, we should see both markets have
5: ARPS improving. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And Rob, just on your um, commentary around um, sort of the investment that you've made in um, the thirty million dollar investment that you that you are making in FY '22, um, and you're, you've alluded to FY '23, sort of well, I don't know if you actually said a similar spend, but before sort of cash flows starting to turn up in 24 as that growth investment tails off. Could you just give a little bit more clarity around the 23 spend, what we could expect?
2: Yeah, look, we, we haven't given specific guidance on cash spend in 23, and I'll give you the reason why. Um, basically, the, what we did is when we did the capital raise in September 2020, you said there are a series of initiatives that we want to invest in, and, and you're seeing the benefits of those today the technology investment, the hyper camera three sorry, NIMF AI hyper three from a technology point of view, the investment in our go to market in, in North America, and then building and scaling our systems behind all of that. And we've stuck uh, to that kind of consistent investment profile, and so you know we have very good visibility of how our investments will roll out over the next um, well, uh, you know, through, through uh, 23 and 24. Um, and what you're seeing then is it's driving very much the top line growth. So the amount of cash consumed, as Andy was alluding to, really depends upon the top line growth. We've had an incredible first half where we've had significant top line growth and great cash receipts as a result of that, and therefore cash consumed is quite low. Um, but under all scenarios, we see that you know in FY '24 we we turn to be you know turn from being cash consuming to being cash neutral or cash generative. And, uh, you know, I think that's significant for us. So in terms of the exact quantum of cash consumed in any one particular half, uh, we have a very good handle on our expenses. It really depends on you know, us continuing to, uh, to drive top-line growth.
5: Yeah, so really, are you alluding to FY24? You've largely made the Hot Camera 3 um, cash spend. The AI cash spend is probably, I mean, I'm sure you'll continue to spend, but it's probably the, it, the hump is over. So we're only talking about essentially the go-to-market spend, which you can flex up and flex down um, depending upon what it's delivering. Is that sort of what you're referring to, that that the technology spend has probably been more than largely completed by that stage?
2: Um, It's probably a little different to that, uh, John, if you think about it. What we've done is we've had a step up in our investment in R&D, and you see that in the G&A line in our segment note. Um, So that's where the step up has been. What you'll see now is that we've kind of got the right level of investment in R&D and that won't grow significantly. So we'll still be making investments in technology advancements, still making investments in new product and content types and in new solutions, but we don't have to do that step change in R&D that we have done. Um, So then you're right, John, in the second part of your question, which is, uh, as our top line grows, that allows us to flex our sales or our go-to-market investments uh, based on the sales team contribution ratio. So you, you will see that, you know, that's why we have confidence in the uh, turnaround in FY24.
5: Yeah, okay. So last question, so I yeah. guess, or just adding on to, from that, I guess you've made a material commitment to your three North American verticals, no doubt, that required um, again a sort of a step change in, um, in in your sort of go-to-market spending, if you like, and it, and I presume by FY24, even though that total spend probably continues to grow, the the, the trajectory um, levels off because you you sort of well and truly establish itself in those three verticals
3: yeah that's that's about right john so you you look at, again that go to market investment that we've been making over a period of time driven by contribution ratios so where we're seeing the investments and seeing the returns as you know that's our that's our barometer to investments so to your point, as we continue to roll out new product new content um that that enables um our go to market um teams to to sell more deeply into customers, and obviously we see the returns from that. So you are you right in your, your comments previously where you know some of the, the investment in our business, the run through of our R&D expenditure, the step up is largely complete. The only kind of variable component then to enter our cost base largely becomes that sales and marketing investment, and we continue to drive productivity and efficiency through those teams um, when we see the line of, of those returns. So um, it's a very simple approach, but you've seen it work very well in the past, and we do we really expect that to continue going forward.
5: Yeah, thanks, Andy, and thanks very
3: much, guys. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.
0: Our next question today comes from Racing at Macquarie. Your line is open. Please go ahead.
6: Thanks, Rob, Andy, and Penny. Uh, thank you for taking my questions. Um, I've got two. The first one is just in regards to premium content. Um uh, yeah, I'm just. Trying, I'd like to kind of like um, model this out a bit better. So I'd just like to better understand, in terms of premium content, what kind of uptick do we see um, on on a revenue, uh, you know, contribution uh, percentage per customer when we do see um, customers go from, um, I guess, non-premium to premium content. Um, that's the first part of the question. And also just, you know, when when they do this, is it usually that they take certain packages and, and they try it out and dip their toes first or do they usually just um, go premium for all the content?
2: Yeah. Um, hi, Wei. Uh, thanks. Good questions. Um, look, it, it very much depends on the customer um, as to how they uh, progress through the, uh, you know, through the kind of sales process. Uh, sometimes it might be that they do take a, they might start with a fairly significant imagery contract, then test a bit of AI, and then do a full upgrade to um, you know, commercial use of AI. Sometimes they'll just go straight there. We have customers who use our premium content without necessarily our imagery as well, so there's no single answer to your question. I guess the best um, kind of indication I could give you would be to say, uh, you know, when when a, when a contract stabilizes and our customers using imagery and map AI, the, it's probably a 50-50 split between the two. Um, now, I think that might change over time that AI actually becomes a bigger contributor to it. But but certainly at this stage where where they've kind of got commercial use of imagery, commercial use of AI it's about 100% step up from just an imagery, pure imagery contract. But, you know, it's not always the case, and there are cases where I'd say they have very
1: little imagery usage and a lot of AI usage and vice versa.
6: Okay, great. Thank you. That's helpful. And then the other one is just, I guess, the, the, the cost associated um, with creating premium content. Um, you know, how how should we think about, um, I guess, the, the margin mix or the margin enhancements of, um, you know, if we're just to sell, say, um, non-premium versus premium content?
3: Yeah, so look, the the costs of capture are the same, as you know. So our our capture program enables us to create not just the 2D content, but all the premium content types as well. So there's no incremental cost to us in terms of the capture and and necessarily the creation of that content. The investment that we make into our business is, as Rob just spoke about a minute ago, too. The R&D teams that we have within our organization and so you've seen um, a step change in that investment over the last um, six to 12 months those teams are continuing to build out not just as, as the, again the commentary said not just more attributes but it's about how do we then um, provide greater value on top of those attributes through our AI, AI content and deliver those returns so the investment in the R&D capabilities in our organization in terms of the product and the camera systems Enabling us to drive strong returns. We're seeing, pleasingly, we're seeing those returns um, already in period, so it's not as though as a, uh, it's all future dated. We're seeing returns currently, but we expect that the investments we've been making uh, today will continue to drive increasing returns um, over the coming years as well. And that's both through our North American business but also through our Australian business where that premium content adoption is still at a relatively early stage for a lot of our customers, and that gives us a great opportunity to, to drive further into that market as well.
6: Okay, understood. And maybe just the last question is, um, just regarding the, the ACV from customers with access to premium content um, now reaching $103 million, um, uh, are we able to um, kind of give color as to you know how how much of, that is actually um they are paying for premium versus non-premium content. Just wanting to understand yeah. what would be the outside
2: Yeah. Yeah, look, it's a um, a common question way in, in terms of kind of that breakdown. Um you know we have we have customers who have access to multiple different content types. And, um, we give them an enterprise contract and they can kind of draw down a certain amount of AI or they can trade that off for some roof geometry or they can trade that off for some imagery. So it's, um, it is difficult for us to kind of give that breakdown, um, by product just because of how our customers tend to, uh, to consume, um, consume the content, right? Um, but again, back to your question about the 103 million, um, associated with premium content. By and large, I think this was similar to Gary's question as well. By and large, um, those customers that have access to premium content are making very good use of it. Uh, and certainly, as you can see, more and more, um, you know, we're, we're closing customers who are enterprise customers and are using our premium content in, in a commercial sense, not just playing with it or not just having it thrown into the contract. So you don't pay a 50% or sorry, 100% premium on a contract to access the premium content uh, and then not use it. So, um So I think the important message here is the premium content is not only being sold, but being used and accessed as part of their workflows. That's
6: very helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike.
0: Thank you. Our next question today comes from Shirad Chamet. Your line is open. Please go ahead.
1: And it's just, just a few follow-ups. Um, the, the first thing, you might have mentioned this during the call, but um, uh, regarding the government-tailored solution that you're launching, can you uh, expand on that?
2: Uh, look, we don't, uh, again, this is something we're going into beta. Um, it's been in development, actually, for some time. Um, we will have beta release of the product in this half, uh, and the early feedback from some customers that have seen this has been, uh, you know, just, I mean, look, I saw a guy with tears in his eyes he said this is transformative to what he does. Um, you know, one of our potential customers for this. But, but um, uh, we are not announcing that specific solution. Um, this is something that, uh, you know, we don't want to give uh, other players in the market uh, some insight into uh, exactly what we're going to do. So stay tuned, I guess, is my message that, you know, um, over the next few months, you will see this product released and uh, it's very exciting. I know we're going to have uh, some really good customer demand for it.
1: Got it. So, uh, Second thing, Rob, on, on ANZ, um, good to see um, incremental CV pick up, right? Um, can you just to talk to competition in ANZ um, because you did have some downsides there in the enterprise customers. And secondly, um, given, Andy, your comment about, you know, managing to sales team contribution ratio, um is it should you be actually reducing the sales headcount here in
2: ANZ? Uh let me pick up the first part of that and then I'll I'll um let Andy pick up the second part of it. Um what we're seeing in Australia is look there is a competitor. Uh as as everybody knows, their solution um you know doesn't match ours in terms of the quality of the product, the frequency of update, the reliability of the service. Uh, and that's just talking imagery, and there's no premium um, solutions available. I think what you've got to do is look at our business and how we're performing. Um, as you can see, you know, half on half on half here, so three halves in a row, we have improved the performance in the Australian business. Uh, we know that our SMB and mid-market is very consistent, engine and continues to deliver and continues to bring new customers to Nearmap. Uh, and as we've mentioned before, we have some work to do to make sure that our enterprise sales team is really in, uh, engaging at the right level with our enterprise prospects and taking our premium content to to them. So I see there's a huge opportunity ahead of us, which is probably a bit of a precursor to Andy's answer to your second part of the question around uh, do you reduce the, yeah. uh, the headcount in Australia?
3: That's exactly right, Rob. You've answered the, the – you set it up well. So that, that continuing growth in our Australian business, led by the SME business but with enterprise beginning to pull through, um, we've said before that we see the Australian business as being a 4 to $5 million a half uh, run rate business. We fully believe in those numbers, as I alluded to in the answer previously. Um, we're still, we've still got a, a way to go with the adoption of premium content here, which offers huge opportunity. We are seeing customer demand now begin to turn towards that, and that's content types that nobody else offers here in Australia, of course, as well. So we stand with a very strong leadership position and with a very good opportunity ahead of us. But regarding the contribution ratio, yeah, we've always said it between you know between 80 and 100 percent, that's where we, we believe we can get back towards. So I don't think we need to change the cost base significantly within the Australian business. I think it really is about optimising and tuning and driving uh, stronger ACV returns, which will get us back towards 100 percent. But we've got anything between 80 and 100 percent on a portfolio size that we have, is, is a strong return, as you know, Sarah. So uh, that's the that's the path that we're taking.
1: Got it. And last question for me, um, just clarifying um, on John's, or just following up on John's question, right? Um, i not uh, looking for specific guidance on free cash flow the 23 and 24, but ju- just the shape of free cash flows. Um, should we be thinking cash burn again in FY23 overall and then free cash flow positive in FY24? Is that the way we should be thinking about it?
3: Yeah, that's that's pretty much right, sir. So as Rob said, we're continuing with the investment strategy that we set. We can see the returns that we, uh, we're delivering already and that we expect to see through our continued R&D investment, their investment in the go-to-market functions and the camera systems. So we continue with that path. That means that there will be still a period of cash consumption through FY23, but turning to cash flow uh, positive through FY24. So, um, uh, given the $110 million that we have sitting on the balance sheet today, that uh, more than gives us the resources to, to drive that, that growth path forward.
1: Uh, Andy, in that cash point in 2023, is there anything about geographical expansion or does that come over and above that?
3: Yeah. Look at this stage again. We're, we're actively looking at um, opportunities potentially for overseas expansion. we said before we'll be we'll be led by customer demand there. So any opportunities for us to, to move overseas would be backed by customer demand. There'll be uh, certainly in the initial stages would be you know fairly low cash consumption, if any at all. Um, and for that uh, expansion, but obviously, we would evaluate that opportunity as, the, as it arises and, um, and, and make those decisions then. But um, at this point in time, yeah, no firm plans at this stage, still heavily focused on the North American opportunity and as we just spoke about how we get the ANZ business back to where we expect it to be. Got it,
1: thanks.
0: Thank you. As there are no further questions, I will now hand back to Dr. Newman for some closing remarks.
2: Well, thank you everyone for participating in the call today. Um, As you can tell, we are very confident in our business and I'm proud of the team in the the sense that they've been able to deliver very strong growth while carefully managing cash. Um, We've been able to achieve that because our North American strategy and operating model is now firmly embedded. Our premium products are a significant contributor to our growth, um, but we've been very disciplined in our investment and making sure we're getting the returns from those investments. So again, I think that's the key message today is strong top line growth but done while carefully managing cash. So uh thank you everyone and uh have opportunity to meet you all over the next couple of days as we um as uh, we start our roadshow. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's call. Thank you for your participation. Stay safe, you may now disconnect.